0: Back from the BYU bye week, we are back at JCW's in Provo for the Legend Solar Coordinators Corner. Each week we'll uh, have you talking BYU football with the Cougars' three coordinators offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, special teams coordinator. Ed Lamb, we rotate the three on a weekly basis. And this week, uh, Coach Detmer has an additional bye week as we bring in Coaches Lamb and Tuiaki this hour. Coach Lamb from noon to 12.30 and Coach Tuiaki from 12.30 to 1. We are live on ESPN 960 and ESPN960sports.com as well as the ESPN960 app. We are also on BYU Football's Facebook page via Facebook Live. And you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag CCBYU or on Facebook Live in the comments section. And let's get right to it. BYU Special Teams Coordinator, Assistant Head Coach, and safeties Coach Ed Lamb is with us after the bye week. Coach Lamb, welcome back. Thank you, Greg. What do you traditionally get out of uh, bye weeks, whether at your previous stop or here at BYU? Uh, maybe a primary to-do list item or two for you.
1: Um, well, that's changed over the years. I, I used to think of it as, you know, like when I was coming up, it'd be a time to work really on the fundamentals of the game, and you'd come back and have kind of a miniature training camp almost for a day or two. And I think a lot of teams are still doing that. But one of the things that, uh, I don't know, is maybe uh, five or six years ago I, I was reading one of the one of the NFL articles, and, and one of the coaches had given their team just seven days off and uh, f- and no football. And so um, I went to that and found that the players were, were – just so much more enthusiastic about uh, regaining the season after the bye week. So at Southern Utah, at Southern Utah, yeah. And then and then we did that here. I, I talked to Coach Satake about it, and he really liked the idea. Um, and and you know, I think with every decision, you you give up something and you gain something. And I know what we've gained is the players worked hard in the weight room, and they did. Uh, they ran all week long, but everything was in a controlled environment, so they're stronger, they're faster, they're fresher, and they're they're chomping at the bit to get this game.
0: So if, if, if somebody wanted to grab a football and run a few routes last week, were they permitted to or they were recommended not to? or
1: Recommended to, to, to do it, uh, to take a look or, or visit with their position coach and find out fundamentally or skill-wise what they could improve on kind of at their own pace uh, during the week. And uh, every day there were a large group of guys out there doing what, what we call our pl- practice block while guys are not in class in the morning. So they, they really did a nice job of kind of uh, managing that on their own and getting their teammates together and working hard in that way.
0: From a health standpoint, how beneficial was the time away for the group? Do you think?
1: Oh, we have had uh, you know we haven't talked much about our injuries and we we don't want to do that, but uh, there's there are we have had a significant string of injuries uh, all through the offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, there are a lot of guys back and ready to go. And just if, if some of them may not have been out of action, but they were certainly playing at far less than their potential.
0: Have the injuries, have you found in your in your time the last number of years, ha- have they just remained a constant fact of life in college football or are some seasons worse than, worse than others?
1: I, I, I think both, yeah. It's a constant, constant fact of life, and, and every team's got to deal with it, and every player on the depth chart has to be ready to deal with it. And then there are just some seasons where the, the luck of the draw, I think, makes it more of a challenge or less of a challenge.
0: Primarily, Butch Pau gets a lot of attention by how he was hurt to the lo- length of time he was out and how he's been since he's come back. Um, how would you gauge his readiness for Cincinnati?
1: Well, he looked great today, and uh, you know he was he was playing without. I think he's been wearing kind of a a knee brace in the past, and at least to to my knowledge today, he was out there and just just kind of wearing his. Uh, normal workout gear and we were only in helmets this morning and, and doing more of a mental uh, work but he looks fast and ready and happy and and uh, I think I think the bye the week did wonders for him
0: and Troy Warner was already back before the break and I guess uh, just as much time off helps him as much as anybody right
1: you bet yeah I know he's been just working through just soreness and tightness in a hamstring and through the first half of the season and, and at times it held him out of action other times he was able to push through it and uh, like I said a week of a week of training in a controlled straight-ahead running environment uh, is just, you know, to gain strength and conditioning is just a lot different than having
0: to react and push full speed. As you said, everyone's been plugging along without a lot of focus or attention to the different injuries beyond. We just have to get the next guy in and ready to go. Uh, but I know that BYU would have uh, liked and hoped to have a healthy Louis Lapuaho at that important right tackle spot all year. That's not been the case. Are we going to get him back at some point this season, do you think?
1: Oh, I don't, you know what? I haven't, uh, I haven't been alert to that right now. I think um, my, my impression was that with this amount of time passing that he was just gearing towards next year. So I don't, mm. I don't have knowledge of that. I, I hope he does come back uh, to the action. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. I, I hadn't, uh, hadn't really known what the plan was for him after so much time out. Um, and when the injury happened, he would have been, would he be eligible for a medical? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's one thing I was going to touch on is if he, if he does have a, a red shirt year available or, or even uh, maybe a. An application for a medical redshirt year, a second one, for example, then I think he would be within the range of the amount of games that he actually did play this year. So it may be advantageous to him for him, uh, you know, if he's not 100% not to come back.
0: In the meantime, you have to applaud the offensive line group for kind of getting it done with the guys they've got because. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it wasn't the group we thought we'd have uh, when the season began, and they've had to again come together and uh, and make it work,
1: yeah, yeah, great job. We'll get a lot of tough guys in there on the offensive line, and they're led by a tough guy coach and um they just I think they rally around each other and i I find that's true, and one of the silver linings of injuries um are the other guys on the team, the guys that maybe wouldn't have had an opportunity and they get a chance to step up and and make the most of their opportunity, and you know whether or not They were as good as the other guy or help you in as much as the guy who would have been in there is not really in the final analysis. It's part of the game, Mm -hmm. and you need those guys to win, and every team, every opponent that we face is going to have guys in their lineup somewhere that maybe weren't projected at the beginning of
0: the season. I didn't intend this opening segment to be an injury segment, but uh, I will ask about Jamal Williams because that was a surprise to me when they came out for the coin toss at Boise State and he wasn't among the captains and kind of a late developing thing, maybe even through warm-ups until he was not ready to go. And uh, I guess the hope is after a bye week that he's back. But that's that's a big deal. You haven't uh, you haven't won without Jamal either in the game or at 100% this year. Yeah, there was. I think there was kind of a...
1: Uh, maybe a consideration of if, if we had somehow held that uh, information back, we were fully anticipating right up until really five minutes before kickoff. When we came back in, we kick our last uh, field goal or punt at about um, uh, 22 minutes before the game. And we came in, and that's when Jamal notified us that he just, his ankle just wasn't right. And he had practiced all week. And, uh, you know, he's fairly limited in practice, but that's not uncommon for your starting running back to be a little bit limited as the week goes on and just kind of going through some of the timing work. So we, we were thinking that he was 100%, and then to not have him at all was really a, that was a shock.
0: I presume he initially heard it in the Mississippi State game preceding Boise. Is that right?
1: I, I think so, yeah. I think he'd heard it and, and uh, had worked through practice, and we just, just – you know, had more, I guess, optimism for that injury than uh, than we needed to have.
0: Yeah, BYU 4-1 and one, uh, when he plays and gets a good number of carries and then winless this year when he's not maybe full go or doesn't play at all, as was the case at uh, at Boise State. Coach Ed Lamb with us here from 12 o'clock until 12.30. Before we hit the break, Coach Lamb, at 4-4 four and four on the year, um, if you were to overall assess the record in relation to the team's potential and or performance, where do you put BYU right now?
1: Oh, I think, I think it's, you know, it's disappointing to be uh, any time that we talk about a loss. And we're coming off a loss, so I think there should be a feeling of disappointment and hunger in all the guys and all the coaches, and our language should reflect that. There's, uh, we have a team that's, that's good enough to win all the games on our schedule, and the fact that we haven't is a, a disappointment and a letdown, and we have to work to get better, and we will.
0: We'll come back after this break, and we'll get to to social media. Your questions for Coach Ed Lamb, I'll take them in on Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU. That's hashtag CCBYU on Twitter. And if you're watching us on BYU Football Facebook Live right now, in the comments section on the uh, Facebook Live program, you can submit a question for Coach Lamb as well. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by Legend Solar. Don't settle for any solar provider. Go with the legend. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today a proud sponsor of BYU football we are live on ESPN 960 and BYU football's Facebook live this is the Legend Solar Coordinators Corner back with Coach Lamb right after this BYU fans, if you're looking for a place to take the family before or after the game, stop into JCW's. With their huge menu of burgers, wings, salads, and more, everyone gets what they want. JCW's, the Burger Boys, quality and a lot of it. In Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, where we do the show, and in South Jordan. And welcome back to the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We are live at JCW's in Provo, 12 to 1 Mondays. This week, it's Coach Ed Lamb with us, 12 to 12.30, and Coach Elisa Tuiaki with us from uh, 12.30 to 1 o'clock. We're on ESPN 960 and on BYU Football Facebook Live. You can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU, as Lauren Parker did. Lauren's question for Ed, uh, who are some of the scout team guys or younger players who have impressed you this season, maybe on offense in some of the practices?
1: Oh, sure, yeah, great question. I like um, uh, Bo Hodge, does a really good job, and he's got, he's got a wide range of athletic skills, so... Does it with his feet and with his arm, and he really stands in there. He's a tough guy, delivers uh, good, good uh, passes, tests out the secondary, uh, running the ball. KJ Hall and Trey Dye are really dynamic and really can push it vertically really quickly. Do a great
0: job. Do we uh, presume redshirt for Trey Dye this year? Or? Yeah,
1: I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, Ricky Shumway is, uh, has a uncanny ability to go deep and track the ball in over his shoulder. Akile Davis has been working on the. Uh, back on the scout offense now until he gives us a good speed look and he's really competitive. Offensive line is. Uh the offensive line was really young at the beginning of the year, and that's why they're not working in. But we've got some six, five-plus, 300-pound-plus guys over there that are going to really play a big role. Keeper er, Longson, as as one of those names? Year. Yeah, is
0: Kiefer, one of those guys. I keep wondering if is going to get in the mix this year the longer the season goes, the less I yeah. think it's part of the plan, maybe save until next year at this point.
1: Yeah, he, he's totally physically ready to do it. If we could start over again, I think he would find playing uh, playing time on the offensive line. I just think – Sometimes in that first week of training camp, you got to take the guys who are most ready from a technical standpoint and invest in them, and, and Kiefer really was all athletic potential at that point. But technically, he's really
0: improved his game. You mentioned Ricky Shumway. Uh, Talon, I don't think there's any relation there. Talon Shumway has actually gotten in some snaps this year and has yeah. played. Uh, he's a guy that uh, was a great two-sport athlete at Lone Peak, a basketball, football, and seems that he deals with an nagging injury here or there that doesn't let him get maybe to full speed. Uh, how do you see uh, Talon's career progressing here at BYU?
1: Oh, I think he's he's right there right now, and I think sometimes at, at the receiver spot it's really difficult. There, it's so much of it is timing and fortune to be uh, in at the right time to get a pass at the right time. And I think there's a group of seven or eight receivers that kind of rotate, and all of a sudden you know a guy will get a pass and deliver in a in a clutch moment, and then he's a little more in the rotation. And I think that's where talent is right now is just a a pass or two away a catch or two away a you know, first down catch or two away from being more
0: involved might have been last game that Bo Tanner got his first catch I think here in yeah. BYU and uh, he's someone that again has seen a, just a handful of snaps yeah. and uh we'll uh will be with you for a while I hope right
1: yes uh, the whole the whole receiver group's uh, re- really talented hardworking guys you got got their best days out in front of them so just keep working with coach Cahoon get better
0: uh, when it comes to catch drop rate with the wideouts, where would you say that they uh pacing this year and what has to happen with them in the back half or the back third of the season to maybe put them uh, closer to where you'd like them to be?
1: Yeah, I hope I hope that we're using the language, you know, on the offensive side and in the receiver room as as far as just the next catch and the next game. And I think it's really hard. It's difficult not to look at the last half of the season or the last third of the season and try to group it all together. I think that those are postseason analyses, and, and we want to wait – for the postseason to do that. Right now, we want to have our full focus on the next catch and the next game. And last game, we had too many drops. And that was you know well-documented by our offensive coordinator and, and preached to the team. And the receivers have been called out publicly. And you know, that's how they want it. And that's how football
0: is. BYU Football Facebook Live. We'll go to the Facebook page for this from Trevin Thompson. Ed, how does the Cincinnati compare in talent to the previous teams BYU has faced? Uh, all the P5s are now done. Uh, the ranked team Boise is off the schedule, uh, and you've got Cincinnati to open the last four games here this week.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati's every every bit as good as any any team that we play. They can step in there with anybody. They're uh, they right now. they their wins and losses. I think they're I think they're the same record as us, uh, sitting at four and four. They have played a nice competitive schedule most of their scores have been very competitive they've if they have you know um, struggles right now it's a defensively I think they've had some teams that have that have um, when they've lost games and the defense has given up a lot of yardage and points it's because teams have ran the ball well so that's as always from week to week we've got to run the ball well and then they're they haven't really settled in on a quarterback and the quarterbacks have been kind of hot and cold and that's kept their offense really from hitting stride for the whole looking at the season as a whole.
0: In losses, they've allowed, uh, in three of their four losses, allowed 40 and 45 and 34 points. They've lost three of four, Well, BYU's won three of four coming into the Cincy game. From Trenton Jackman for Coach Lamb, uh, Coach, what's a typical day like as a coach at BYU, practices, meetings, et cetera?
1: Oh, great question. We get going uh, very early in the morning, er- um, earlier in the week on Mondays and Tuesdays. We're, we're a lot earlier than we are as the week goes along. You know, the practices are shorter, but... Uh, The first thing we generally do is come in and and we have some kind of last minute preparation time to make sure that we're prepared for each of our meetings. The first meeting is special teams and that's a whole team meeting. That's followed by offensive and defensive breakout meetings and we're either watching the, the next opponent or the previous practice and making our corrections or game plan adjustments. Then we go out and practice for about 90 minutes. And come in and, and for the rest of the day the players are in class and the and the coaches are, are going through the, the video of practice with a fine tooth comb and preparing for our next morning's meetings with our individual groups.
0: Do you remember who your special teams champions were from the Boise State game?
1: Um no,
0: no. I and some in some I weeks, remember. I didn't think it was tired, somebody yeah. told me that some weeks certain units won't pick one if they don't think somebody earned it that week.
1: Right. Yeah. We we did. There were several big plays. Uh, Johnny Linehan in the in the punts that he did were were, were fantastic, and he also did a tremendous job of, of getting the fake punt out of the end zone. So even though he, he you know we all took some heat for that the result of that play. Uh, he did a great job to keep it from being a safety and giving our defense a chance to get out there on the field. But he punted tremendously, pinned him inside the 25 yard five times. Um, Corbin Calfusi with the blocked uh, kick. We had a kick blocked. But we also blocked a kick, so kind of pushed in, in that area. Too bad we missed the game winner. And then the But the uh, punt coverage and the kickoff coverage was outstanding all night.
0: And BYU's punt cover and kickoff cover teams uh, remain uh, top 25. BYU 13th in punt return defense, 19th in kickoff return defense in the latest NCAA stats. Johnny Linehan, by the way, today uh, named as a candidate for the Ray Guy Award. It's a big list right now, 66 guys. They'll pare it down to uh, 10 guys here. In a week and a half, what was the genesis of the fourth uh, and nineteen fake punt call in the Boise State game?
1: Oh yeah, well, good question. I, I mean, I've got to preface any any genesis with it, it was. It turned out to be the wrong call, right? And I think that's that's important to say. But you know, going thoughts going into it, we felt like that we had a look where our fake punt would be there if they gave us that pre-snap look. Uh, Boise State, credit them. They gave us the pre-snap look, but did something different than they'd done the whole year, and they folded and actually played for a, a safe return normally in that area of the field it's it's kind of like you know the the famous uh bank robber Willie Sutton when the judge says why do you why do you rob banks he said well that's where the money is and and that's where the fake punts are I mean you know you can't try a fake when it's safe to do it down in your own you know territory so uh, deep in our own territory that's generally where a team loads up for a block or for a hold up and we felt like if we got either one of those looks that we'd have an opportunity to pull off the fake and stalling out inside the five yard line is you know even if you get a punt it's generally not a a great proposition so but it didn't work and for you know for letting down the team in that area I have a lot of regret for not not
0: having a play that worked. The ultimate irony is no harm done uh, because of the unsportsmanlike conduct call that backs them up. And then they end up missing a field goal in the ensuing series. It ended, it ended up being a wash in that particular sequence, the exchange there.
1: And in, in, in the conversation, you know, we, we were conversing the whole time on the headset about whether or not to do it. It's a check with me call. And so before I'd sent it in, that's one of the things that uh, Coach Satake said. He said, well, we're, we're going to play defense on a short field no matter what, so you know, give it a rip. And so we did, and and again, it was it turned out to be the wrong thing, but it wasn't the wrong time to make a call like that. It just it just was didn't
0: work on that play. And Johnny's athletic background, being what it is, you like him as a ball carrier, absolutely.
1: Yep, and uh, and you know, would say uh, would do it again, but really everything has to be in place. It was studied, it was decided before the game if we got a per- particular look in a particular area of the field that we felt like it was there, and you know all things being. Uh, equal again. I, I think it's, it's always a great call and I trust our guys and not to mention that we've you know we've stated that we want to be aggressive with our calls and the way that we coach and um, and, and sometimes doing that in clutch situations like that even if there's failure I think there's a carryover from game to game and, and season to season and that our players know that we have faith in them and that we're going to be aggressive.
0: The uh, starting field or the uh, starting field position concession, notwithstanding, that was another game in which BYU ends up with a sizable advantage in average starting field position. And you've had that edge, Coach Lamb, in all eight games this season. Special teams is a big part of it, but it is a team wide stat. And that's one area you want to continue to be strong in to give yourself the best chance to win game to game.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, you know, the stats don't always directly lead to wins and, and losses, but to take the indicators. Are the symptoms of, of winning and losing, and to pay attention to those, particularly in a post game analysis. That's a, a big part of
0: the game, and we want to continue to excel at that piece. All right, we'll come back after this break and get back to social media. You can join us on BYU Football's Facebook Live page, and your comments there in Facebook Live. Uh, you can submit your questions there. Also, on uh, Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU. We are at JCW's in Provo. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Legend Solar is proud to sponsor BYU football. Schedule your free consultation today and find out how much you could save at legendsolar.com, a SunPower Elite dealer. More with BYU's special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb, after this on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. Mondays from 12 to 1, we're live at JCW's in Provo. invite you to come on by and be a part of the show. We'll have a BYU coordinator with us in each half hour of the show. This week, it's special teams coordinator Ed Lamb in the first half hour. Defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki coming up in half hour number two. You can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU or on the BYU Facebook page via Football's Facebook Live broadcast program, Square. You can find that window and uh, throw your comments in there for questions as well. Uh, two, Twitter and Jimmy Trent asking Coach Lamb, what do you do as coaches to keep the team motivated and focused through a bye week and coming off a loss?
1: Oh yeah, good good way to phrase that question. So, I, you know, I think I explained some of that, but maybe not in, the, in those exact words. But I think I think when it gets stale sometimes is when it feels like the guys are, are preparing for a month for Cincinnati. And so that's why we give them a, a large block of time off during that bye week. And now they come back, and I think I think most of the motivation to get back to work and get an opportunity to go compete in the game again is there inherently if they have enough time off to rest
0: bowl eligibility we hit on an earlier show and and you kind of said it's you know might have a more of a game-to-game thing and you don't necessarily that may be something you look at again as postseason analysis if you will but you're two wins away from that and I think it's an important benchmark to reach and uh, people would look at your schedule and say well I can at least see two wins there for BYU how much of a motivational factor do you think it is for the staff or the players right now getting to a 12th straight bowl game
1: Oh, I think yeah. Bowl game is is huge. It's one of our goals when we set out in the season. It's winning season. It's a bowl game championship. It's you know it's playoff selection. We want to we want to set our goals um, stepped or tiered such so as that we can accomplish them one at a time. And I think you know we're right now we're chasing a fifth win, but we're also chasing a sixth uh, win. We're also chasing an, an opportunity to play in a bowl game and, and eventually getting that bowl game championship.
0: Jake Probert, and this is something we hit on the uh, program earlier in the season, maybe worth a reset, though. When is the word going to catch, he says, that Ed Lamb is a musician? And last time that came up, yeah. Ed, you said, well, yeah, I kind of, sort of am, but yeah. you've been in a band, right?
1: I, I've been in a band. Yeah, musicians are probably, a, that's a strong word for what I do. But, yeah, I can pluck some bass strings. I know a few car, uh, chords, and I love, love to sing, so. Missed my band a lot. I had a band in Cedar City. It was a lot of fun. What was her name? It, well, it was a Spilby Dog. Yep, uh, from uh, you know back in the day, uh, we called a mullet a Spilby, right? And it's we're an 80s rock band, okay. and, uh, So a Spilby, short front, long back, uh, and they, I don't know where the dog came from. I think that's a curly mullet. So it was it, Spilby Dog became our name. Was it one yeah. word, two words? It was one word, and it, and it wasn't actually uh, SF. It was uh, it was SP for some reason. We just we did, I, I, You know how band names. Band had these up. adaptations. Yeah. So yeah.
0: That's, that's just fine. Uh, and he was slapping the BS. Uh, Adam asks, and this is less about scout team maybe, and more about all players. Or what players have you been the most pleasantly surprised in, or what players have performed beyond your expectations thus far this season?
1: Um, well, I've got to give credit to two guys that are that are kind of um, had been overlooked. But uh, Squally Canada, you know, coming into the season, he really had uh, ball security issues. He didn't carry the ball right. He didn't look right when he was playing. It was just, you know, kind of all the coaches were like, well, what can we do with this guy? You know, what position might he be best at? And the role that he's played coming in as a backup running back has far exceeded the expectations, I think, of a lot of his coaches and teammates. And so credit him for belief in himself. And, you know, I know he wants more, and I know he wants to play better and, and all that stuff, but I'm I'm really proud of the effort that he's put in attitude-wise, work ethic-wise, and what he's delivered with. Defensively, Trajan Peely uh, came out of nowhere. I think he's gained 25 pounds of muscle just since training camp started. He's, he lifts twice a day. Our team lift is a mandatory once a day. He lifts twice a day. He's so coachable. He has tremendous athleticism. It doesn't matter where you put, if we would have put him at linebacker or safety or defensive end, he just would have found a way, I think, to get on the field. He's scrappy and smart and really good, uh, really good attitude. Those, those two guys have been an inspiration to
0: me. Now, as Jamal Williams is playing his final season here at BYU, you're looking for that replacement running back for next season from a group of guys, and Squally certainly has to be among the foremost candidates for that job next season. If he were to be the number one guy, is he equipped to fill that role, do you think, next year?
1: Yeah, and I think you, you just – I mean, you, you paraphrased it well with uh, leading into the question is if he's, you know, if he's ready to be that number one guy, is he equipped? Yeah, he has the necessary athletic skills. As coaches, it's our job to go out and recruit a whole new team each year and to bring in the type of uh, guys that can come in and compete for new spots and make us better. And we'll do that at every position, not not uh, just running back. But I think right now we've got three or four running backs w- that sh- have shown the potential to be a starter. And we need we need at least three more running backs. So you, you've got to have six guys minimum that are, that are competing for that spot through spring practice and fall camp.
0: Jamal Williams, by the way, 58 yards away from a 1,000-yard rushing season this season. So first things first, uh, Riley Burt, fair to consider him in the mix next year as well? Absolutely, yep. Uh, Matt Hadley. Do you think of him as a defender, but uh, could he be seeing time there as well and see yeah. how he works out?
1: Yeah, I, I think particularly where, where Matt's uh, head is and, and oriented. You know, right now he's a he's a role player on, in the on the defense. And if uh, if spring ball, if if he thinks that make maybe making a run at the starting safety position would be worthwhile for him, then I, I know he's earned the respect of the offensive coaches and the head coach, and he certainly has the All capability right, of break. being a great running back.
0: All right, that's something to look for, again, down the line. But, again, a lot, of left, a lot of football left to play this year. Four more regular season games, hopefully the bowl game to make it five, and that uh, end-of-the-season stretch starts Saturday at Cincinnati. The team will head out on Thursday, get ready for the Bearcats on Saturday. Coach, we're going to cut you loose. We'll bring in Coach Tuiaki after the break. Ed Lamb, thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner continues here at JCW's in Provo. From JCW's in Provo, it is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by Legend Solar, a SunPower Elite dealer and Proud to sponsor BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation today and find out how much you could save at legendsolar.com. Our thanks to Coach Ed Lamb, BYU's special teams coordinator, for joining us from 12 to 12.30. Our final half hour, 12.30 to 1 today, occupied by BYU's defensive coordinator, Eli E. Welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you. Good to how be was, back.
0: How was the bye week for you, personally?
2: It was good. I spent a little quality time with the family and the kids and, and get out and do a little bit of recruiting as well. So
0: from a uh, from a coaching analytical standpoint when you find yourself in the office during a bye week what's occupying most of your time
2: probably self scout go back and and look at things that uh, uh you know we would have done differently or just kind of look at our percentages as far as our coverages and different defenses that we're playing and as well as, as taking a peek at the next uh, opponent.
0: Okay, I want to get back to that in a second. You mentioned recruiting a moment ago. So during that uh, week, you get out on the weekend and see some high school football without getting into particulars and names and games and schools and whatnot. Um, how's the uh, how's the field looking out there in terms of the recruiting field for uh, seasons to come?
2: It's looking ripe and ready. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of good players out there, especially in the state of Utah, and I think it's in the last probably five or six years um, Utah's gotten a lot of publicity with just uh, having good players, and then now with you know East High School going out and and beating De La Salle and. Uh, I think the nation's really seeing that there's there's good uh, high school football here, and so trying to keep everybody off and and uh, keep the kids in state to stay, uh, especially the LDS kids.
0: How would you characterize BYU's recruiting vibe right now? When you are out as a staff talking with players and uh, and analyzing players, where would you say you guys are in terms of getting uh, you know that that wave of players that need to make BYU uh, the program you want it to be? It's
2: it's been good. I think the the games that we've had, uh, you know Thursdays and Fridays, and being the only team or you know one of the only teams playing is giving us a lot of publicity um, and also the way that we're playing you know even though we're not coming away with as many wins as we'd like the a lot of the recruits are seeing the passion uh, especially from the head coach the players playing hard and so it's something that they're all uh, liking a lot and so uh, the recruiting week was good to go out and and uh, see some of these kids face to face
0: what would you say BYU's recruiting signature is when it comes to your approach maybe maybe we start with the head man on down Uh, what's going to be a word or two that kind of characterizes your team's approach to recruiting
1: yeah
2: you know every kid's a little bit different um you know and and uh it's it's just funny when you recruit a kid the type of pitches that you think are going to work and then you know it ends up being something else and so it's really just kind of digging in and finding out a little bit more about them their family and and uh, seeing what they what they like but you know byu is going to going to attract a certain type of kid and we want to find those kids and and make sure that they feel welcome and, and know that they fit into the to the program and what we are and so that, you know it's real difficult with every kid being a little bit different
0: uh you know kalani real well uh what is his appeal to a player or a player's parents do you think generally you know,
2: he's he's a he's a coach's uh player uh, he's a player's coach he's a player's coach and you know kids want to play for him kids believe that he has the their best interest uh, you know uh in mind and and, uh, you know, kids run they'll, – they'll run through a wall for him and the uh, type of person that he is. And so I think that uh, is a big selling point for us, at least when we're going out and we're selling our head coach. It's, you know, kind of guy that you want to play for.
0: And, by the way, for the record, he was also a coach's player. I think Lavelle <laughs> would say that he would, that was one of his favorite guys. Yeah, he he
2: was, he was. He was a coach on the field when he was a player as well. Really, really good player, really good coach now.
0: Okay. When it comes back to the self-scout you referenced earlier, what did you – uh, either discover or reinforce what you thought you knew about BYU's defense through eight games.
2: Um, you know, we—I I think the biggest thing was just making sure that we're not telling um, on certain downs and distances. Ver- also, versus uh, certain personnel, we want to make sure that we're still multiple. Um, you know, our our scheme isn't as elaborate as other places that I've been, but to keep your percentages correct and making sure that you're you're keeping the offenses guessing uh, is probably the biggest thing. And so, um, you know, looking at it. I think the percentages were were about where we expected them to be, and they're they're pretty good. They're not too telling, and so we want to keep it that way just to make sure that we're multiple.
0: Beyond points allowed, uh, what stat or stats do you look to uh, to really assess the effectiveness of your defense, and what are some things you think you're doing well right now uh, from a statistical standpoint?
2: You know, statistics are are funny because you can you can really twist them uh, towards the way that you want, and you can you can do a lot of different things with them. So, you know, obviously the the most important one is is the score, and second for us really is just takeaways, and so that's part of our goals. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about making big plays and keeping their big plays down, and you know, some uh, some of the boosters when they asked us before the season started what to expect from us, and I said we're going to give up a lot of big plays, but we're going to make a lot of big plays as well, and so. Um, you know making big plays to uh, uh, keeping their big plays down as well as takeaways is really the only thing that we focus on and so the score and takeaway has been the biggest thing for us and and what we focused on and you know there, there are certain marks I guess you can you can say with uh, five yards per attempt on the pass and keeping them below three yards a, a carry is, mm-hmm. is always important but um, you know we don't really talk about that with the players Re- we're really talking about takeaways and and uh, big plays is really what we're talking about.
0: And only one team nationally has taken the ball away more than BYU this season. Your second in turnovers gained, and it contributes to a strong turnover margin number as well. BYU's third nationally in a turnover margin. Again, turnover margin, average starting field position, third downs offense and defense. A couple of those numbers that usually you'll find correlating uh, to wins and losses. And BYU's record... Uh, is, is maybe not where you'd like it to be at 4-4, four and four, but you've, as has been well documented, you're in every game with so many of the losses being of the close nature. I think you're going to look back by the end of this year and say, Matt, we were this, but we could have been this. You were pretty close.
2: Right, right. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough, but it is what it is, and I think our kids have learned off of it as well as the coaches, and Looking ready to move forward and and get their next one.
0: So that said, how fired up is this team to basically, when it comes down to it, win out and uh, and take this last third of the season into the postseason and make sure it's your best football of the year? You
2: know, I, th- I thought today's practice was was good. Um, the the kids looked excited to be back on the field and doing football. And um, I don't know if Coach Lamb told you or not, but we basically you know took them away from football and just lifted them and got them stronger and just make sure that they got their legs back and. I think that, uh, you know, they were excited to get back on the field and they're ready to go. And, and, you know, it's looking at our schedule, there's, there's uh, you know, what the schedule is. But yep. Cincinnati's all we're, we're really focused on this week. And, you know, wins and losses don't really tell how good some of these teams are. Some of them, if you don't play well, they'll still beat you. And so we've got to make sure that we uh, – we show up on Saturday.
0: One of the uh, both these teams are four and four coming into Saturday's game. Uh, one team looking to win for the fourth time in five games. The other team looking to avoid a fourth loss in five games. As the Cougars are trending up, and uh, since is kind of hitting a rough spot right now. We'll see how they come out of it on Saturday. Of course, BYU is coming off a loss, and uh, Coach Lamb said, uh, "If you're four and four and coming off a loss, there should be some some disappointment and some real eagerness to get back on the winning track." We'll come back after this break and talk more with Coach Eliza Tuiaki. And we'll get to our social media as well and let you ask some questions of the coach as well. If you're on BYU Football's Facebook page right now and joining us via Facebook Live, go to the comments section, ask a question to Coach E there. If you're with us on Twitter, use the hashtag CCBYU. We'll have BYU's defensive coordinator, Eli Tuiaki answering your questions next. We're live at JCW's in Provo. This is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. All right, it is time for today's I Am Flash flashback, brought to you by I Am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. And this week, we flash back to the last time BYU played a game on Halloween. It is Halloween 2016, and we go back to 1992 when BYU played Penn State in Provo for the first and only time. And the Cougars came away with a 30-17 win over Joe Paterno's team as Ryan Hancock threw for three touchdowns on only 13 completions. Kalen Hall ran for 117 yards on a cool, soggy day at then Cougar Stadium. The Nittany Lions were led that day at quarterback by a future pro bowler, Kerry Collins. That's our IM Flash flashback brought to you by IM Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. I mentioned Kalen Hall and Coach Tuiaki. A couple of Halls are part of the BYU program now with... Uh, Uh, One on a mission and one currently with you guys. And so the Hall family name lives on here at BYU. Yep,
2: absolutely. And I actually ran into him uh, at the airport when I was getting ready to go recruiting. Who'd you run into? uh, To uh, Kalen Hall. To Kalen, okay. And so he's, he's excited that his boys are a part of the program and we are as well.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, and uh, Kalen Hall, uh, back in the day, he and uh, Jamal Willis were uh, at around the same time, and they were quite the uh, quite the one-two punch back there. So let's get to uh, Facebook Live, BYU Football's Facebook Live, and a question from uh, Dixon Fotheringham, and he asks about uh, Molongi. Molongi at six-seven-four-twenty-five. He says, is he still coming to BYU? What do you know about him? And, of course, he's gained some notoriety uh, Sports Illustrated went out and did a feature on him while he's out serving his mission uh, right now in Arizona. And when you sign a 6'7", 425-pound player, it makes uh, it, it makes some national news. What could you see this guy being for BYU?
2: I, I think it really depends on how fast he picks up the game. You know, um, he's a
0: rugby. He's well, technically a guy that played some rugby, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And you know, so I, you know, I, I think offensive line is probably where he fits, but defensive line is a little bit easier to learn. And so, we're the, you know, we're we're gonna try him at both and and see where he fits. But uh, you know, he's he's fairly intelligent, uh, young man, and we have just gotta see where he fits as far as learning the schemes and all that. Because I mean, rugby and football are just we've we've had several rugby players converted, and sometimes it takes a year or two and sometimes they they learn it pretty quickly so
0: now someone else switching sports on the d-line is uh, corbin kofusi of course he played football before not a big big deal for him but he came to byu and played on the basketball team before coming to football and and i, I maybe expected him to be kind of a specialist in his first year playing football he's developed into something more than that for you I saw Corbin the other day, uh, courtside at the exhibition basketball game Saturday night, as he sat on the bench in, in the pregame. Just realized how bigger, how much bigger and thicker he'd become, and how much he's going to help basketball when he's done here at the end of the season. Maybe you could kind of take us through Corbin's uh, journey from a basketball player to uh, a defensive end, doing a lot for you this season.
2: Yeah, he's he's a great young man. He's done a really good job gaining weight and learning the techniques. And he you was know, a kid that uh, that uh, does a really good job on and off the field. We're, we're super excited about him, his development. I mean, he's he's gained a lot of weight, um, you know, in there lifting a little extra and doing all that stuff. And so I think that he's got a really, really bright future. And he could possibly end up being an offensive or defensive guy just because he's really, really talented. And, you know, somebody with those levers, you know, it's, it's always difficult to get around the edge if you're an offensive tackle. And he's got uh, an advantage when he's rushing the quarterback because his, because of his levers. And so. You know, he's, he's a multi-talented guy that could fit a lot of different places.
0: So what do you think is the ultimate determinant for a guy like Corbin, whether he stays D-line or goes O-line?
2: Well, he's a D-lineman. I, I, I probably made that comment, but I don't want to give him up. <laughs> 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 you know, he's, he's, just, he's just talented. He's athletic and, you know, uh, tall, obviously. But uh, we, we love him at D end, and you know, he'll, he'll continue to improve there and, you know, possibly uh, be the guy uh, in the near future.
0: Now, basketball hopes to get him back uh, here at the end of the football season. But we hope the football season takes you into late December, of course, after a bowl game before he rejoins uh, the basketball team. Uh, did you see him play a little basketball? Have you seen any of his basketball film?
2: Yeah, I, I did. I went to a couple of the games when we first got here, and it was exciting. And, you know, I love his physicality on the court as well. I mean, he's, he's an intense physical player. Uh, when he was playing basketball as well, so it was fun to watch.
0: The exercise is probably not going to hurt him too much because he's still an athlete, can still run the floor. He's going to help out Coach Rose here at the end of the year, I think.
2: Right, right. Now he's bigger. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and that kind of size, especially when you're taking on you know teams like Gonzaga and the WCC, that extra size and weight uh, will certainly uh, come in handy. Coach Eliza Tuiaki is with us. It's BYU and Cincinnati this Saturday. It'll be a 1.30 kick mountain time, 11.30 a.m. for the radio pregame with the 1.30 kick, and then it's BYU home for the final three home games of the regular season. And then, of course, we hope a postseason uh, berth is in the offing. Two wins away from the bowl berth, and I asked the same question of Coach Lamb. Coach Tuiaki, how much does a bowl eligibility mean to you and the staff knowing that BYU's been to 11 straight games and there are very few teams that have a longer postseason streak going than the Cougars right now
2: it it means a lot you know being able to get to another bowl game and and keep the streak alive as well as you know let these kids continue to develop the younger kids with those extra practices and and uh you know letting them enjoy being able to get to a bowl game as well and you know if you you win don't want to look ahead but you know you win the next four and and possibly a bowl game uh, nine and four seasons pretty good it's pretty good with the schedule that you've got and competing and you know the tough tough losses that we've had so be really happy with that
0: we came into this break uh, talking about the uh, halloween last time BYU played a game on halloween it was a long time ago today is halloween the byu football team has a special thing going on for this halloween we'll take a break when we come back uh, We'll get uh, maybe Coach Tuiaki might be able to tell us a word or two about what's happening in the football offices today relative to Halloween. But we'll get you, we'll give you those trunk or treat details after this. We're live at uh, Lege- we're live at JCW's in Provo for the Legend Solar Coordinators Corner, brought to you by Legend Solar. Don't settle for any solar provider. Go with the Legend. Schedule your free consultation at LegendSolar.com and start saving today. A proud sponsor of BYU football. This is the Legend Solar Coordinators Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. It is the Legend Solar Coordinators Corner. Solar Coordinators Corner. Final segment find with us in the half hour number one coach Eliza tuyaki with us in half hour number two offensive coordinator Ty Detner returns to the show Next week, we do the three coordinators. Rotate them on a weekly basis today. The special teams and defensive coordinators with us. You can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag CCBYU. If you have a question for Coach Tuiaki and same deal on the BYU Football Facebook page in the comments section, you can ask a question of Coach Tuiaki there. Just that simply. All right. Before the break, I mentioned we're, of course, on Halloween Day. Uh, Trunk or Treat is happening uh, 5 o'clock to 6.30 today at the Lavella Bridge Stadium South parking lot. Coach, are you going to be there? I'll be there. In costume or out of costume? I think I'll be out of costume. I should be dressed up, but I'm not. Who in the football office, if anyone, has decided to trot out a costume today? At some point, anyone.
2: So we we showed up in the office, and I you know I got in about six, and uh, Reno was in costume. I don't know what he was. I didn't <laughs> know if he was. A, I think I, so. He told me he's got a he's got a Shrek party thing going with his family. He's, you know his wife and his kids, and some of the running backs are going to show up tonight as the three little pigs and all that. And, and I walked in. I think he's a gingerbread man. I thought he was Tinky Winky from, uh, you know, whatever that uh, that show was. But okay. I was I don't know what he was.
0: He was something. Uh, <laughs> he was
2: something Tinky Winky-like.
0: Okay, in, in appearance. Uh, any players have any epic, epic lined up today besides the guys you mentioned?
2: I don't know. The, so the challenge was for them to show up with the best costume and the best trunk decorated. So we'll see who, who's got the creativity.
0: Okay, so it's 5 to 6.30 today. The LaVella Bird Stadium South Parking Lot. Come in costume and uh, you'll get hooked up there with treats from the BYU football coaches and players. Trunk or treat 5 to 6.30 today. Have you seen Tom Holmo today?
2: I took a picture with him. That was impressive. That's pretty epic, isn't it? That was really good.
0: No, he really does. Good. He goes all out every year, and this year's Voldemort is uh, – I mean, he, he keeps raising the standard every season.
2: That, 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 I was impressed. That that's, was really good.
0: That's big time. All right, uh, let's get to a fa- Facebook Live question from uh, Benjamin White uh, asking about how you like to line up a Harvey Longy and best utilizing his speed on the outside. What is the best way to play and use Harvey Longy? I
2: think best thing for him is third and long and just let him rush. Um, but he's he's done a really good job developing and, and playing, uh, you know, good stout uh, D end in the, in the control downs, first down, playing the run and all that stuff. And so he's come along with his development. And then when we move him back to backer, uh, he takes on blocks a lot more physical now now that he's bit the d line so I think that's been uh um something that's been added to his but well, probably not added but emphasized a little bit more now that he's move, move, moving back to backer and dn yeah yeah are,
0: are, I mean we've seen it the last couple of games do you think we'll see it the rest of the way is him playing really both spots this year
2: yeah i i think uh he's he's multiple enough where you can do that and obviously he did a really good job at backer and um you know gaining him as well as some of the other pass rush guys off the edge on third down is is huge for us and so we'll have packages where we have four DNs in the game, and you know we'll move in uh, Moses in, in, into the inside as well as Corbin, and let Sai and uh, Harvey come off the edge.
0: Now Butch's availability also plays into where Harvey will play at times, and we've been kind of monitoring Butch's situation week to week. And I got to think that the bye week uh, was as helpful for Butch Pau as as most anybody else.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was good to see him uh, come back and take a couple of snaps in the, the last two games. But I think this bye week was huge for him to get get back and. Uh, you know, get back in form.
0: Coach Lamb thought he looked pretty good today. Uh, how did he appear to you?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I was kind of in the middle of just the whole defensive deal, and so I didn't really pay attention as much, and we haven't watched the film yet. But, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you if he wore the brace or not, but I know he he didn't stick out in a bad or a good way. I just – we'll we'll see the film and, and – uh, See where he's at.
0: Either way, when 38's out there, it's a good thing to see for oh, you. No
2: doubt. Yep. And it's a scary thing if you're an offensive guy.
0: <laughs> no no doubt on that. Yep. Uh, so Cincinnati, we haven't talked much about the Bearcats, who come in at 4-4 uh, four and four on the year. You've seen enough of them now. Uh, where are they? Are they similar to any of the other teams you've faced this season? Do you look at that and go, yeah, this might work, that worked against another team we've played this year? You
2: yeah, know, they're, they're, they're spread. use a tight end, and so they'll, get, they'll probably a lot like Mississippi State and Toledo and West Virginia, more like Arizona. I don't know if uh, – you know, Arizona didn't use the tight end as much, but uh, more like those teams where they'll they'll get into spread formations and motion and fly sweep and do all those things.
0: Unlike those other teams you mentioned, since uh, he is a team that BYU played just last year, so there is some film to go to last year to see what worked and didn't that way as well.
2: There is. We, we don't really go too much because it's been so long and it's a different personality of a, the team. And, um, you know, they're, what we do also is probably a little bit different. So we're just uh, comparing them more to other teams that we faced. That have similar
0: schemes. How would you say the team's mood or uh, vibe was when you got back this week after the bye week to, to kind of refocus for this game and really kind of the stretch run? Uh, where is this team knowing that, uh, you know, the P5s are off the schedule, uh, the ranked team is off the schedule in Boise? Um, I, I would think right now winning out is as important as anything to anybody.
2: Yeah, and we, we haven't really talked about, uh, you know, winning out as, as, as a focus is really taking one game at a time and that the kids are in good spirits. And, you know, Coach Utaka as head coach has done a really good job just kind of getting them past the Boise one and getting ready for the bye week and focusing on academics and getting healthy and all that. And so, you know, they're everything in back of them is in back of them. And the only thing in front right now is Cincy and I think they're ready to play.
0: Was the Boise game any harder, easier, or similar to the other close losses you've had this year? Kind of another heartbreaker in a lot of ways, but you've had so many of them. Uh, Do you just kind of put it in the mix with the rest? Or when you flew home, what was the like, what was your mind clicking like about the Boise State game? The, the you know, the coulda,
2: shouldas, wouldas, and, um, you know, the opportunities that we missed just because of, uh, you know, things that we did wrong or um, you know, it, it always bugs you and you look back and you're like, man, we could have or should have and all that. But once it's over, it's, you know, again, I think the head coach has done a really good job. The I mean, line has done a really good job getting these kids focused on, you know, leaving the locker room and leaving all the dreary feelings behind and going and being a good husband and a good, you know, brother and all that for all the family that come and support. And so, um, you know, I think once they do leave the locker room, it's it's left behind they're ready to move along.
0: It's it's rare and unusual to lose a game where you're plus five in the margin, where you gain five turnovers and don't give one away, and then also score two touchdowns on defense. But let's applaud the guys that made the plays. I talked to Fred afterward, and I said, you know, it would be nice to be able to look back on that – on that game and, and be happier with the fact you returned that pick six the way you did. But those were great plays they made. Uh, Fred Warner and Diane Lake. Uh, Fred's would be half the one you guys watch in the film room after, even though it came in a loss. It kind of takes guys out of their seats a little bit. By the way, Fred kept that thing in bounds and scored. That was one of the most remarkable pick sixes I've seen a BYU player make. And right. Fred Fred did it now the last two times he's been up in Boise, as it turns out. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to come in a win? But uh, still, you applaud the effort, right? Oh,
2: phenomenal. Phenomenal efforts, by the I mean defensively they, they got us a couple of times schematically and you know applaud them they were really good offense good quarterback but uh, you know we, we changed a couple of things and the kids did a really good job with the changes and ended up slowing them down a little bit better and and uh, played stout try to you know keep the, the score off the board but um, you yeah, know it was a tough one but the kids played hard and they they, they played uh, inspired I know they believed they could win the whole time
0: Fred with the pick six then Diane lake had the other one right now Diane's yeah. making plays here he at is. cornerback
2: Yes, he he's doing a really good job. We're we're happy with with his development. Uh, you know, he's gaining confidence and and playing really well and he's a good physical corner you know he's done a really good job
0: kind of a wild card question here to wrap things up with you uh and and you want to put guys on the spot or build them up unnecessarily but if there are nfl guys coming and watching your practices and and uh whether it's this year or years beyond who do you think are there a couple guys or a few guys on this defense that you think could play on sundays if that's their decision and that's their desire and their careers go as you expect them
2: the the scouts are all asking about fred and you know obviously we're like stay away from him we'd like for another year but um, you know, he sticks out. But Logan Tyler's done a really good job, too. And there's a lot of scouts asking about him. And 30 and uh, his development's been good from year to year. And he's playing really well right now. So he's playing really, really well.
0: couple names right there. All right. Uh, of course, uh, you hope you have these guys uh, for a little while. Logan, though, has really, I thought, made great strides since coming to BYU. Yep. All right. Thanks to Coach Elisa Tuiaki. Thanks to Coach Ed Lamb. And Thank thanks you. to all you for tuning in on ESPN 960 and BYU Football's Facebook live page. We're here at that's JCW's that's. in Provo every Monday from 12 to 1. Thanks for being with us on the Legend Solar quarter Coordinators Corner will be with you next week at Monday, noon to one on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. So long.